Are you ready to jump into some true crime docs, crime thrillers, and more? Check out our website for an extensive list of our favorite movies and shows at thesirenspodcast.com slash what we watch and find our favorite true crime and thriller books and authors, some covered on the show, at thesirenspodcast.com slash author alley. You can even find special deals for Amazon Music, Audible, Discovery Plus, Paramount Plus, Showtime, and even Grubhub. If you're looking to jump in immediately, check out our pinned Facebook post for some streaming service free trials on us. You're listening to Sirens, a true crime podcast brought to you by the Sirens Network. This podcast contains explicit content, so listener discretion is advised. The opinions expressed on this podcast are solely the views of the hosts and do not reflect the views of affiliates, associates, or sponsors of this podcast. And now, for a break from our regular programming for this special supernatural episode, Holly's Hauntings. I wish I could talk like Vincent Price for just a minute, just to set the mood. Welcome to our haunted podcast. Haunted podcast. That sounds really happy. <laughs> Good for us. <laughs> oh, haunted, haunted podcast. podcast. <laughs> We're going to be talking about a few, uh, what would you say, Native American haunted grounds. One of which, Sacred Heart. Mission and Cemetery. We're going to also talk about Centrahoma and Colahoma Reservation. So buckle up. <laughs> I got the chills already. I've been to all these places. Whew. Got okay. your sage going. I got my, I got sage. I've got lavender <laughs> incense. I feel fine. I'm okay. Okay. Let's start with Sacred Heart. Sacred Heart is a small unincorporated community in Potawatomi County, Oklahoma. It's just, what would you say? What, what, what do we keep saying about Kanawha? It's probably 15 minutes north of Ada. Mm-hmm. It was established in 1879 by Father Isidore. And his last name is spelled like robot. Literally, it's I, the word. I noticed that. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know if it's robo. Robot. So I'm just going to call him like we do. So I'm Catholic and we had Father Ackerman, but his first name was Ray. We just called him Father Ray, you know? Yeah. So... Anyways, I'm going to call him Father Isidore. It was established as a Catholic mission in the old Potawatomi Reserve. Oklahoma was a territory at this time. It was one of the last states to enter statehood. And I want to say 1907. Remember when the United States coins came out? And they came out from like every state in order of its union membership or whatever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyways, it took forever and ever for Oklahoma because it was, it was native land. So I guess they were trying to figure out, you know, like everything's a reservation. It's just a reserve. It's a territory. So this was established in 1879. It was originally named Sacred Heart Mission. The name was changed to Sacred Heart in 1888 shortly before the area was opened to settlement by non-Indians. It covers an area of 640 acres, so. Yeah, considering all the people, it was like a farmland kind of thing, which we'll get into, but it, you know, it was just the fact that everybody was so uh, just in there all together, and then the rest was land. Yeah. During the early 20th century, many of its functions moved to other locations. There was a high school, college education for boys moved to Shawnee, which is even further north, to the facility that eventually became St. Gregory's University. The post office was closed in 1954. The mission site is located nine miles east of Asher, Oklahoma, and then one mile north on Sacred Heart Road. And the community is now considered a ghost town. Literally, it's considered a ghost town. (laughs) Yeah, I used to live right behind that when I was like 10. No wonder you're so haunted. (laughs) In October 1876, that's, I think that's the year the telephone was invented, if you want to think about how. (laughs) 1876, an old boy named Bill. That's literally the only way I can remember. Okay. <laughs> According to Reba, who's also from Oklahoma, <laughs> I'm right. 
So, anyways, uh, Father Isidore completed a deal with the Potawatomi Indians for a tribal grant of land, which included the current site of Sacred Heart Mission. And on Sunday, May 13th, 1877, the first Mass at Sacred Heart was celebrated. For our friends in the Bible Belt, Mass is what Catholics call our church service. Mm -hmm. The true founding date of the parish is considered to be June 7th, 1877. This is so long ago. So by 1884, so not even 10 years, there was a convent, a school for girls, there was stables, employee houses, a blacksmith shop, a tool house, carpenter shop, and a bakery. We all know about the bakery because you could still go into the bakery, actually, where the sisters had baked 500 French loaves a day. Ooh, People don't work that hard anymore. Someone <laughs> someone somewhere in this ordeal worked there and they were like, let's fucking make a machine. I can't handle it. They weren't even getting paid either. <laughs> Father robot. So let's make a robot that makes the bread. And I don't have to fucking... Anyways, it was a model farm with a great variety of orchards, gardens, vineyards, fields, herds of animals, and every form of agriculture was developed. The farm had two main purposes. So it supplied food for the institution and it provided a model for the Indian boys to copy. The mission had its own publication, The Indian Advocate, which was published in the bakery building. (laughs) And I have a picture of that I'm gonna post to our Facebook page. The Airport Hair Care and Tire Center Bakery Building. (laughs) On the night of January 15th, 1901, a fire broke out in the dining room of the boys' school and destroyed the monastery, the boys' school, the college, the girls' school, the convent, and the church. No one was killed, but the entire mission was destroyed except a few small buildings. So when you read about lore and urban legends and shit like that, it says that all these priests and these children and whoever, they die, and that's why we think it's haunted and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. No, a tragedy doesn't have to happen for a spirit to still be there in the Catholic world. I would love to explain all this to you, but we're not here for religion. (laughs) Anyways, you have a little period of time where you need to forgive yourself. That's why confession is important, and you go to heaven. So maybe this, this is why we believe that things may still linger there. Nobody died in the fire. Get your facts straight. (laughs) (laughs) The bakery and the two-story log cabin are the only buildings that remain today. And the present church, it's still there, was begun in 1905, but wasn't completed until 1914. This church is freaking gorgeous for such a tiny little town. I I took a picture of it. If I need to put it on our Facebook, I can. Anybody can see it, Google it. Just Google Sacred Heart. And that picture is there on the Wikipedia page. It's such a pretty church. Mm Mm-hmm. By 1910, the Benedictines went on from Sacred Heart to build St. Gregory's Catholic University in Shawnee. It's a large Tudor Gothic structure. Benedictine Hall was under construction there by 1913. Then Mount St. Mary's in Oklahoma City came along. And the Sisters of Mercy, they dealt with the monastery and education and funding. It all just continued to grow and stretch to the bigger cities. All the functions left Sacred Heart for these newly established places. And the church remains, but most other buildings have been demolished. The church is located at the top of Bald Hill, represented as the highest point in Pottawatomie County. The church is an example of a restrained style of Gothic revival with a red tile roof and a stumpy front tower. And if you know anything about Catholics, we are freaking proud of our towers. You should have built a bigger one. Have you seen this steeple? This steeple at the church that I went to, like St. Joseph's, it's like, hello, I'm here for all Mm -hmm. to see. Bigger than a water tower, no big deal. Catholics are like wizards. Oh, yeah. (laughs) They love their towers. (laughs) And our capes and our cloaks and our incense and our gold and marble. Y'all, y'all, what do you think Hogwarts was? It's the fucking Vatican. Anyways, (laughs) I'm so proud. I'm real proud to be part of this organized crime (laughs) religion. (laughs) Oh, nothing, huh? What? (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) Watch a movie. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Anywho, nearby are two cemeteries, one for the sisters and one for the abbey. And for those who don't know, an abbey is basically the housing of the people who work in the church, that, like a monastery is. The site was listed on the National Register of Historic Places in 1983. I'm going to put a link to, I found this freaking cool list of all the grave sites. So I'll put it on our podcast Ooh. page on Facebook. Intuition Investigations, Inc. 
10 syllables engaged. Look that up. There's, <laughs> there's one couple who lost six infants. They all have Aww. headstones. There's a set of twins who died um, the day after they were born. Many, many infants. A lot of people mm. were born in the early 1800s that are buried there. And there are burials as recent as 2010. And I was just quickly scrolling through it at work. So I'm not sure if it's still available for burials. But in my rushed glances, 2010, I think, was the most recent. If you look at the list and find a newer one, good for you. Screenshot it to me and I'll send you a sucker. (laughs) (laughs) The combination of the mere age and dates of these headstones and the way they're worded, the way they worded things back then, not to mention that it was Native American territory for the longest time. The headstones said things like murdered by human wolves, mm-hmm. which is allegedly what they called a doctor who performed abortions. So many stories have been passed around that these details are murky at best to me. So feel free to enlighten me or correct me. But according to Wikipedia, that that headstone was stolen. A man named Stephen Waddell wrote a short book called Murdered by Human Wolves, which was published in 2004. And the story is based on newspaper articles, legends, real and imagined character. It ends with findings from a paranormal researcher, Mary Franklin. During the interview, she describes using EVP recordings, which is electronic Ooh. voice phenomena, as yeah. you and I both know, because we did this Ooh, at my yeah. mother's house. Anyways, boy, do we have stories for you. I'm going to go and find that recording, by the way. I will freaking help you. They did EVP in the Kanawha Cemetery. She relates that she asked the killer, just so you know, that headstone belonged to Catherine Ann Cross. I'm going to give her her name. She was born in 1899 and died 18 years later. So she, her parents, and her seven siblings moved to Kanawha during the Great War. Kanawha takes its name from a Seminole word meaning string of beads. I didn't know that. Yeah. The, it's cool that it's a Seminole word, especially it's so close to Seminole. It's in Seminole County. Anyway, so yeah. back to Mary Franklin. She asked Catherine's killer if he had killed her and if werewolves lived in Kanawha. She states, I got a one word answer that's very plain. Quote, unquote, several. Ooh. Does this necessarily mean actual human wolves? No, but there could have been many doctors practicing that did abortions. And yeah. because, I mean, this one this one couple had the six infants that died. You know, it, it's got to get to a point where it's detrimental for your health. And it's like, do you want to have a child or do you want to die? Do you want this child to die? You know, we don't know. Right. News articles of 1917, I found this so fascinating, revealed details of world events and brief details of the Cross and Stone murders. Stone will come up soon, in case you're wondering who the heck she is. <laughs> They're from front page stories in the Shawnee Daily News Herald issue included an account of the death of John Reed, whose horse was startled by the Rock Island passenger train thrown upon a fence. Reed was crushed. Also, Chicago White Sox baseball players received their winnings as victors in the World Series. Get this, $3,669 to each player. That's how much they won for the World Series back then. (laughs) Wow. Oh, (laughs) ballin'. Snow fell in Amarillo, Texas for three hours that day. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's our news. (laughs) Good old Texas. Pick it up, boys. That's the news. Big, big shit. World Series and snow in Texas. (laughs) The story of Catherine Cross' death says to be brought on by the supposedly ghastly doings of Dr. A.H. Yates. The story states, for the second time within 60 days, Dr. A.H. Yates, a Kanawha physician, is accused of performing a criminal operation. Two months previously, Yates and a school teacher named Fred O'Neill were charged with a similar crime that resulted in the death of teacher Elise Stone. It's believed that Stone had become pregnant after an affair with O'Neill. Stone's body was exhumed after Kanawha citizens insisted. An autopsy was performed at the cemetery. Ooh. What? (laughs) Yeah. What? Yeah. (laughs) I didn't know they they did things like that. Uh, Here we are. And the resulting cause of death is listed as, quote unquote, a criminal operation, according to the Oklahoma Times, published August 29th, 1970. Well, having an autopsy at a cemetery is a criminal operation, I feel like. I mean, in 1970, (laughs) they were only 10 years into statehood at that point, you know? We don't know what we're doing. So, That's true. We still don't know what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, no shit. We're in Ugg boots 10 years after they were popular, but who am I to judge? Anyways. 
<laughs> Sorry, I'm not throwing shade. I love all you Uggies. Uggies. Uh, it's like a clan of girls that kind of like on the Devil Wears Prada when she talks about the clackers. No. Remember the clackers? No. Yes. All the girls who can't be their, their high heels go clack, 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 clack. <laughs> oh my goodness. Anyways, so I made it up. <laughs> Stop trying to make Uggies a thing. It's not going to be a thing. <laughs> Continue. I'm going to move on now (laughs) as I kick off my Ugg boots. Stone was confined in Yates' office for four days, and they claim she died thereafter after a quote-unquote congestive chill. According to County Attorney A.G. Nichols, the girl would have become a mother within the next four months. Two months later, Cross died. And investigations into her death began. The Herald states she would have become a mother within the next six months. So she's in her first trimester. At 18 years old, it is so common for women to miscarry, especially their first child. Yeah. And think of back then, you know, like uh-huh. for you ladies out there with rainbow babies, you know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. It's a thing you should form a group and all talk to each other. I want to just elaborate on this congestive chill real quick. That's a Civil War medical term, by the way. They would say congestive chill, and it could literally refer to any sort of fluid buildup in the lungs that would kill you, like tuberculosis or consumption, stuff like that. Aspirating on your own blood. (laughs) (laughs) It's blood pneumonia, you guys. Yates is alleged attempted to prevent that result. Yates was later acquitted of the Stone murder. Of course he was. Uh Uh-huh. He was first charged with first-degree murder of Cross, then first-degree manslaughter, then acquitted. It is believed that O'Neill was acquitted in Stone's death and that neither man served a sentence. How do we always end up back at true crime? (laughs) I just want... (laughs) Let me tell you the fucking worst part about this. Yates is buried in Kanawha Cemetery within viewing distance of Cross's headstone. What? Are you serious? Yes, ma'am. So she literally has to look at her killer for all eternity. The family, whoever did the headstone, is like publicly shaming that guy. They pretty much all but have an arrow pointed because <laughs> it says Ugh. killed by hu- murdered by human wolves. I don't blame them. That guy right over there. Talk about throwing shade. Jeez. So if any people know this story, it would make total sense why she could be there haunting him or him there trying to pay penance in sorrow, especially if they were Catholic. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love slash hate this story. I've never known any of this. So the writer of the book said that some of the surviving family of Cross had accused him of connecting them with the occult because what? he's the guy that was like, well, he, he the EVP recording and all this crap, you know, mm-hmm. let's all laugh together. He said he heard that the family replaced the stone, but was not sure, which would make sense because some of our friends have said it was stolen. Yeah. But people were likely looking for that epitaph and not looking for her name. So if it's been replaced, I don't know, you know, but Wikipedia says it was stolen as of July, 2016. So whoever has that, if it's true, you're absolute garbage. And all you have is a headstone pointing a blaming finger at an abortion doctor. So I hope you're haunted. (laughs) Now we transition into the creepy part. See, and here's the thing though. (laughs) (laughs) I have heard a lot of people say that they hear the laughter of children, even the screams of children coming from the building that burned down. But I mean, at least it's somewhat factual to say that no one died in that fire. So that doesn't discount that people were terrified during that fire. That's from what I understand. It was nighttime. It's like, do you want to be woken up like that? Like who knows? And you're in a freaking like wooden building. Yeah, that's true. There have also been sightings of priests and nuns roaming the grounds, which I mean, (laughs) if you think about it, there are probably priests and nuns that take care of the grounds today so if you're just like driving by or whatever and you see that, I could see how you could get freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> but there's also been uh, stories of like floating lights and phantom horses and a bunch of other stuff. I have been there three or four times. One of those times, and, and this is another thing, something that I was looking through all of the recorded stories like people telling their stories on like reddit or something and the ones that i found they remember going there but they don't remember 
anything that happened there. Like, it's just their memory isn't blank, which is weird because I was telling you a couple days ago that I have been there at one point, the night, my nighttime visit, one of the nighttime visits. And I, I remember going, but I do not remember anything that happened there. So maybe that is just a phenomenon of something that happens there. I don't know. Yeah. On another occasion, I went with a group of friends and we did not actually, our intention was not to go there. Uh, one of the friends had a friend that lived like around the corner or whatever. And we were supposed to be going there to meet up with them. There was like, I don't know, five or six of us. Yeah. And well, and we had like two or three cars of us and we were like all driving back there i think we were going there to like party or something stupid kids do but one of our cars the car behind us broke down which it was a shitty car it's not like something supernatural but (laughs) anyway so we ended up like all piling into the two remaining cars we go to this person's house we get like flashlights and shit from this person we go back to the car we're trying to fix the car the road that it was stopped on is literally fenced off to this mission and it's dark by the time that we're there and we can see lights out in like the mission area like just they look like phantom floating lights to us but i mean there's no telling what it actually was it could have been people out there investigating it or whatever i mean there's no telling And then at another point, I was actually inside at night and saw a phantom light floating. And that one was kind of strange because we decided, let's go towards it like idiots. (laughs) And so when we get over there, there's actually like this kind of pond thing. And where it was, it was floating over the pond, but there was no reflection. So that was kind of a weird deal there. Yeah. Other than that, I've been there a couple times during the day. You get this really solemn feel when you're there, but I've never had anything actually happen during the day. I have a couple of people from our Facebook page that said that they went and in the the bakery, a couple of them had a brick fly out of the fireplace at them. But I guess that's like all that happened that night. (laughs) There was at least two of them there. I don't know who else was there with them, but I scoured for more stories and stuff but i just i couldn't find anything else probably because half the people have forgotten i've been there a couple times and my only experience honestly as a as a catholic person i am not afraid of these things yeah no i don't think i was ever afraid either there's a lot of difference between there's people who can who pay attention who can sense things who recognize things who realize they're there there are some people who will never experience it because they have no spirituality you know what i mean it's basically like unless there's some ghostly figure like you see in the movies in front of them they're not gonna believe it they won't catch on to weird noises they won't catch on to whatever you know they're just not they're not up there they're not heightened they're not enlightened they don't have it you don't got it it'll never bug you cool we had already bailed hay and we were gonna haul it across to where our cows were it's basically just right across the street and hang a left like just a zigzag to where the cows were and i was sitting in the truck with the trailer on it that you load hay onto and two of my buddies were on tractors loading the hay and i'm back there behind the church beside one of the cemeteries and just bigger than shit i feel someone like right at the truck window looking at me and it's chilly outside like super freaking cold i'm bundled up in bibs and a car heart our our friends down the road had been deer hunting and they were there cleaning their deer caping them processing the meat and all that so we're gonna dump this hay off real quick and go down there and so anyways i'm just sitting there in the truck waiting and it's probably a foot away from me. It's like when a when you have the door open or you're in the living room or something and someone walks in and the the sound mm-hmm. changes in the room because there's yeah. no longer that flow. Something is there catching the sound and either absorbing it or sending it back to you kind of thing. It was like right. that feeling when the energy changes and it was it wasn't off in the bushes somewhere looking from far away. It was like right by me. And it Ooh. creeped me out to the point that, you know, you you get that fight or flight mode. So you get tingly, your arms get hot. 
I was listening right. to the radio. I was freaking listening to George Strait. I distinctly remember. And I killed the little light because it was so bright in there that I couldn't even hardly mm -hmm. see outside the truck. And it was all reflecting inside, you know? So I killed the little light and I look over. I'm scared to look over, honestly. I like slowly look over to the left and there's nothing there. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. So I turn my face back and I turn the CD player back on and I feel it again. And I was like, what the fuck? And so I like roll down the window. I'm thinking one of the guys with me, because that's what boys do, especially when you're in a known haunted cemetery, are going to dick with right. you. I'm expecting them to dick with me. So I roll the window <laughs> down and I don't have enough phone service. You're in Kanawha. Like, I don't have phone service to be like, hey, where you at? And the tractors are off yeah. where I can't really see them, you know? I'm like, what the shit? So I roll down the window and there's nothing there. Jeez. Like, so I roll it back up. About the third time I was getting frustrated with it, they came up with the tractors and I never felt anything. They left two or three times after that to go get more hay and come back and nothing. I was just like, okay, well, weird. So it was there and then it was gone. Every time That's I'd try, crazy. like, just let me confront you. It would even be <laughs> one thing if I could roll down the window and look and still feel that. You know what I mean? But nothing. I was like, yeah. what the hell? Maybe I'm just being weird because I knew where I was. I don't know. You and I have actually, with a group of people, have physically tried to figure these things out. We've tried to confront them. I will go towards the weird noise and the weird feeling because I want to yeah. know. Like, if I can help you to the light, let me do that. You know, I'm not, I don't have a problem. It, but that feeling, whatever that was, weirded me out. Maybe it was Sasquatch. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Let's not get started with Sasquatch. <laughs> <laughs> That's a podcast for another day. <laughs> Is that the only experience yep. you've had there? We went and found, there was like a groundskeeper type person. There was someone there. We were there in the middle of the day one day. And I think it was when we were talking to someone about getting, getting the hay, cutting the hay, baling the hay, saying we would mm -hmm. need access in and out. And there was someone there that was like cleaning the headstones. And, and I went looking for dates because I heard that there were people like buried in the 1800s there. And I was like, yeah. as an American and as someone who lived in a state that freaking young, it's interesting yeah. to me to see that, that much history because our shit is just not that old. We haven't been here very long, you know? So I was like, I want to yeah. go see this. I want to see like 1800s stuff. I think it's really freaking cool. It's like our version of a castle. <laughs> like... <laughs> Oh, yeah. They do have a older cemetery down there in the grounds. So they, they actually have two cemeteries. They have one in front of the church that's there now. But they have an older one down there in the grounds. Yeah, that's the one I was in. We were way in the back. There's like a grove of trees. Yes. And there's nothing in there past like, what, 1910? Probably. 1920? They were just, they were cleaning off the headstones because they get that algae and moss and all that kind of shit growing on it. I don't know what they mm -hmm. used to use. Probably just concrete or something. I don't know. But the, they were just back there cleaning that off. And I just went roaming around. And there was mm -hmm. one that they, the, there was one that was white and it was like a pillar, like a crystal wand, you know, like a point. Yeah. Like an obelisk? No, it was way smaller than that. It was just a headstone, but it was just tilted. It was way off kilter, and they were standing there talking about how they'd have to have, they have like a people who come out and level it, whatever. And I was like, you know, that's really cool that they're upkeeping, that they're paying so much respect to these people, the pioneers of this little establishment, you know, because yeah. you could just let it be overgrown and go to garbage, but they didn't. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, that is really cool. It's a, it's a really pretty place. I would say it's more peaceful than scary. No, it's beautiful. There's a lot of trees. It's just yeah. so gorgeous. The The road is covered in trees. It's so pretty. Which one do you want to talk about next? Do you uh, want to do uh, Centrahoma? You want to do Colahoma? I think Centrahoma. Okay. What do we know about Centrahoma? Well, if we want to get like down to like the basics, like the base stuff about Centrahoma... Uh, it's basically just a very, very small town. It is in Cole County, Oklahoma, <laughs> which is, what would you, how far would you say it is from Ada? It's like a half an hour. Yeah, like a half an hour. Every time, I've never, I've only driven there on purpose one time. Every other time we back road and we end up going past that house. And my friend that used to back road with me, she was like, I used to live here every time. And I was like, I fucking, I still know that. <laughs> she didn't live in that house. She just lived in that town, which there's what, like eight or nine houses? I don't know. It's so small. Oh, yeah. The, 
The population in 2010 was 97. So as of the census in 2000, there were 110 people living there, 36 households, and 29 families residing in the city. They say city, but it's not. It's a really small town. It is, let's see, 44 housing units. It's about... 176 square miles except that like only wow. two of that is actually housing like houses everything else is like kind of farmland no scattered fucking way out. 176 yeah. technically that 176 i believe is technically coal all of coal county is what they're putting in there oh okay i was like no yeah yeah, and like two of those miles is Centrahoma. <laughs> I honestly don't know much about Centrahoma. I've been there once because I heard of a haunted house there. Uh, I drove there and it was like the middle of the day and I don't really know why I went in the middle of the day and there's people still living there and I didn't know you could just like walk up and be like, hey, can I come in and check out your haunted house? <laughs> but you probably know way more about this than I do. So you you tell me about All it. All I know, I have no idea how it came to be. I just know that they know it's a little boy. I'm pretty sure his name is Michael and it's this family that lives there and this little boy was out in the woods and like throwing okay. things at the house, like rocks, tons of rocks within the house. Eggs go flying across the room. Pennies go flying across the room. When we were there, they had like jars of just fucking pennies sitting around. Weird. Allegedly, at one point, someone got pushed up in like onto the ceiling and could not get down. And there was nothing there holding that person. There was something with the TV. I think it turns off the TV or it wants it on all the time. One or the other, something like that. But when Weird. we were there, um, Unsolved Mysteries has actually done a story on this house. They went there. I would really like to see the footage of the crew trying to find this fucking house in Central. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, whoa, where are we? You just start hearing, like, cue dueling banjos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is kind of backwards, yeah. Children of the corn. So, <laughs> I like your little Winnie. <laughs> <laughs> when when she giggles off guard <laughs> we were i was sitting at the kitchen table so you walk in kind of like the side door of the house there's like the driveway and then you walk in the side door and the you walk into there might have been like a little laundry room and then a kitchen but it was the kitchen's just right there is this a two-story house no Never mind. Fuck me, I guess. And so, <laughs> no, shut up. I'm talking. So anyway, <laughs> so I'm sitting, <laughs> I'm sitting at the kitchen table and there, there's like a posse with us. And because I think we were watching like the Bedlam game or something. Yeah. And we were like, whenever it was over, we were like, let's go fucking check out this creepy house. And it was like me and my high school sweetheart and my mom and her friend, and yada, yada. We all go. And so I'm sitting at the kitchen table and- Wait, the, your mom went? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Your mom's so freaking cool. She's, I just, she's so <laughs> neat. <laughs> um, yeah, we went in two separate vehicles, actually. We just convoyed our asses to Centrahoma. So um, I'm sitting at the kitchen table and the lady is telling us, it's an older woman, like Nana age. Yeah. And she's telling us about all the things. She was like, it just throws rocks at the house. Like, we don't instigate anything. It's just, she's basically just succumbed to the fact that he's an ornery child. Mm -hmm. And about that time, something smacks the wall. So uh, if you're facing one direction, the wall would be behind me. Kitchen table's in front of me. Ladies to my right. Mm -hmm. And there's, like, a thing hanging up on the wall. And something smacks, like, loud, like, metal on glass smack sound. The picture falls off the wall. And it is... Oh, shit. It's like the newspaper article from when Unsolved Mysteries went out there. The glass in the picture frame is already cracked. Because I guess this is just common occurrence for shit to just go flying. There's things... They uh -huh. don't even bother hanging stuff up back on the wall. There's like, no. screw it. Like, so anyways, that's like basically all that happened. I guess right before we got there, she was like cleaning up eggs. And some eggs had gone flying. And were what? cracked. Yeah, she was putting... She was rinsing stuff out in the sink when we got there and she's just casually going about this like that is crazy you know how most people when something happens it's like 
you want instant validation from everyone in the room that they all just saw that thing. Oh, yeah. So that you don't feel like a freaking wacko. It's like, oh, oh, did you see the thing? Did you hear that? Did you see that? What was that? Oh, she yeah. was just nonchalant about it. Just like, yeah, it like happens every this day. Is, <laughs> this is my life. <laughs> Wait, is she, is she lived there by herself? No, there was a man in there and he didn't even freaking get up to talk to us. He just sat <laughs> he in there like, watching TV. Is- <laughs> it's just a thing. I guess it's just a common thing for people wow. to be like, hi, I'm a stranger. I would like to <laughs> visit you. <laughs> Come on oh in. My goodness. Just cleaning up eggs. Did Did we ever get a story about like, why do we think that it was a little boy named Michael? Do they have some sort of historical document that says that he died there or? No, or- but I, I think he's like, I, if I remember correctly, and sometimes I don't, they have like had contact with this kid because they've caught him throwing rocks at the house. And it turns out there's no Michael in the damn town. There's no child that age. Oh, they think he's about eight to 10 years old. Like, oh, okay. So they have like physically talked to him like a human child. Yeah. And then turns out there's no such child. There's, he's not, yeah, he's not there. Okay. That's pretty creepy. Yeah. I, we should probably just say pretty much all of Oklahoma is Native American. Like you were saying earlier, like we were super slow on this whole get it together as a state thing. <laughs> and there are a lot of reservations in Oklahoma just about anywhere you go there's probably going to be a native american burial ground or a native american reservation or something like that they have a lot of history here so everywhere that we're talking about is in oklahoma that's probably really close to one of those things (laughs) and that's i'm not native american knowing these people and being friends with them and my family's jobs and who they work for and stuff like that like you go to these things, you go to powwows, you go to their festivals, you go see how rich their history is, their ancestry, the fact that there's people my age who know their Native American language still. That's awesome. It's just the beautiful, the beadwork, the pottery, the crocheting, the fact that they sew their own, you know, their garments and all that, like they're just incredible deep-rooted and very spiritual people oh yeah and to us we're a bunch of mutts and to (laughs) them a lot of them are very full blood you know what i mean like but yeah no i am a mutt i'm only like three percent i think yeah they have like so much more cultural history passed down than we do because we're just brand new americans where they were here way fucking before we were this is Mm -hmm. their land and so the things that they have and that they know and that they they knew this land before we did they have a different spirituality a different religion a different belief in how they came to be and the things that they're suspicious of and the things that they respect and I think it's really important that we do the same, especially, you know, living in Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. The word Oklahoma itself. What does it mean? The Choctaw word Okla and Hama Uh, mean red people. Oh, okay. So we're Oklahoma. Uh Aha. In Choctaw. (laughs) I don't know. I just admire their respect so much. I've been to several of their like funerals and burials and they with the sage and everyone brings a shovel this is not all the time this is just certain families that i've been to you know what i mean like i'm i can't speak for the whole i am freaking basically ignorant when it comes to it but the three that i've been to were extremely ceremonial and they do they do a song and they play a drum and everyone sings together and it's in a language i don't understand Mm -hmm. and it makes my heart just cry it just breaks you can hear it like it's i don't know them and their warrior calls and all kinds of stuff they're just freaking cool people i can see why some places might seem like they're haunted or why the native americans their spirits want to hang around because they fully believe in their ancestors and their ancestry and that they're being guided spiritually. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. To carry on their traditions, to carry on their education, to carry on their language. I can see why things that are quote unquote creepy to us are very important to them and why those people would still hang out. It's like, they want to make sure that you're respecting their land. Exactly. Which speaking of respecting their land, let's talk about, Kalahoma. That one is, uh, I would say, the spirits described there have been more aggressive 
about protecting their land. I have never felt so unwelcome when there wasn't a human being there in my life. Yeah. So, Colahoma is, oh, 15 minutes, about 15 minutes east of Ada, Oklahoma. And later, we're actually going to talk about a murder that happened there. Allegedly. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So we want you to be a little familiar. I I don't think it happened there, but that's where her body was found. But we want you to kind of be aware of Coloma and maybe its sacredness. That way we won't have to go too much into it. So anyway, Coloma, it's like about 15,000 acres. It's now owned by the Chickasaw Nation. It's about 10 miles east of Ada, and the land was purchased in 1936, and the Chickasaw built replicas of historic tribal dwellings on the site and use it as a stomp ground, which is really cool. I wish that, like, I were cool enough to be invited to that stuff, but... (laughs) And really, really (laughs) sacred, probably white man not invited. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's fine, but I just get sad because I'm like, well, I want to do it, though. But anyway, <laughs> so historically, Chickasaw housing consisted of summer and winter houses and corn cribs. And the tribe also built a circular council house on the site. So, like, this place, I would say, is one of probably the most they have replicated their history there. But it's also one of the most sacred sites because they use it for... Like as a stomping ground, their their rituals and their pr- places of prayer and stuff like this. So from Indian removal to 1936, the Chickasaw people had conducted an annual green corn ceremony on this land, which I couldn't tell you what that is because I am super white <laughs> and ignorant. And it's probably something <laughs> super cool. Yeah, I know. It's probably something really cool. Actually, I kind of want to know what it is now. So let's... I know. I like, dear Native friends, enlighten us. <laughs> the Green Corn Ceremony is an annual ceremony practiced among various Native American peoples associated with the beginning of the yearly corn harvest. There you go. Busk is another thing that they called it but it was a term given to the ceremony by white people (laughs) there you go we're always degrading shit (laughs) we're just we just christianized (laughs) the shit out of everything because there's a pagan holiday for this too it's right before sawin it looks like samhain like our october one like around the time of the harvest moon and all that yes yeah yeah Chickasaw and Choctaw people still use the grounds for their cultural celebrations, stomp dances, stickball tournaments, and the annual Chickasha Itafama. I'm probably fucking that up so bad. Whoa, what's that word? (laughs) I-T-T-A-F-A-M-A. The Chickasha Itafama, or Chickasaw Reunion. Itafama? Well, you know what? We can pronounce just about every damn town in that state, so... I mean, we're doing fine. We're, we're doing decently well. <laughs> Thank you, Gary England. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. So the game of Chunky <laughs> been played by Eastern Woodland tribes and Plains tribes long before a European and African contract was introduced at the Chickasaw reunion. I don't know what Chunky what? is. What? I don't... <laughs> I don't let's let's look and see what chunky is. What's it called? What's that like stickball? Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's also chunky, also known as the hoop and stick game. A game of Native American origin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. My cousin plays that. He's Potawatomi. It looks like there's pictures here and it looks like basically what it is is today if you saw kids playing hockey on the street, that's what it it looks like. Because there's like a disc and then there's sticks. It's I think it's some sort of like hockey sort of oh, thing. Oh, I totally lied because the one he plays is like lacrosse. Oh, yeah, no. It's just like a bare stick and they just like hit it around. <laughs> chunky. <laughs> yeah, chunky. Cool. <laughs> but anyway, let's get to the story of it. 
So I'm just going to read you a little thing here and then I'm going to let you tell me your experiences. So according to local legend, between 1 a.m. and 2 a.m., it's said that headlights will follow you after you turn off the highway Mm -hmm. because it's like not even a mile from the highway, I think. Traveling west on this road, heading towards the Highway 1, if you speed up, the headlights will speed up. If you slow down, the follower will slow down. And if you turn back onto the highway, the car will stop and then turn back around and go back to Colahoma. So there was one thing of evidence that was submitted. Jeremy submitted this story, basically, about something that occurred in the summer of 98. He says, my best friend Dave and I were driving around late at night, about 1 a.m., out of boredom, which is definitely a thing for <laughs> around the area. You just go backroading because you're so freaking bored around there. Especially before the internet was, like, crazy. But anyway... We were heading down this old highway. We noticed a car behind us that was coming up really fast. We never noticed it before because it's a long straight shot for a good distance. Soon it was right behind us and we thought we were going to get pulled over because we thought it was a cop. All of a sudden the headlights started flashing from dim to bright, dim to bright. Mm -hmm. As if it was someone wanting us to pull over. I even turned around to look to see if it was a county sheriff, but the headlights were so bright we couldn't see the actual car. We decided not to stop because it was clear that we doubted it was law enforcement because there were no overhead lighting. Like, I guess he means uh, sirens. Blues, blues and reds. Blues and reds, yeah. As we approached the main highway, the car backed off, turned around, and went the opposite direction. I never really thought much about this until I read stories from others describing exactly what happened to us that night. It still sends chills up my spine. There is a ghost out there. I just had to open the door. Oh, <laughs> shoo it all out. <laughs> um, yes, I'm, tell- I'm telling you, like it may- I'm sweating. My palms are sweating. Anyways, go ahead. And there's a second story, like that guy, basically they couldn't see the car itself but then um there's another story right after that that has basically the exact same thing happened to them but they said that they could see the car and they would describe it as a late 50s early 60s ford fairlane or something very close to that body style i could tell by the front grille placement of the headlights and the shape of the front fenders so that's really creepy but on the grounds itself people have seen like bouncing balls of light like free floating balls of light not shooting but just like free floating around the reserve some locals claim these balls of light are actually little people about two or three feet tall usually seen by young uh, Native American children if they were called to help these little fellows they never die when the children grow old they simply seek out another person to train to doctor or just be obnoxious to anyone around (laughs) like children are yeah i have never well i say i've never been there i have i have driven through there but i don't ever remember having any like strange experiences of course i didn't stay long so because i've heard everyone else's experiences but i know you have right yep so i've been to colahoma two times in my entire life and both times it was on accident I was backroading and a long time ago I was in, I was near Tupelo Uh and I was sitting on a back road at a stop sign and me and my significant other and two other people were having like some deep freaking heart to heart talk and we're just (laughs) sitting there instead of driving Mm -hmm. and the Tupelo deputy goes by and his Dodge Ram right in front of me and he stops and he backs up and I'm like shit the bed. Oh, no. So he goes up behind me. Like, he crosses in front of me. Anyways, then he gets behind me, pulls me out of the truck, starts talking to us, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, get out of here. Get out of here, you rascally kids. This is when the back of my truck said something that would give me away. Oh, yes. Yes. It doesn't say that anymore? Mm-mm. Oh, that looks like a staple. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, anyways, 
he was like, if I catch you in my town after midnight, you will go to jail next time. And I'm like, what the shit did I do? Like, do you have some kind of podunk curfew that I don't know? Like, fuck, fuck you, dude. <laughs> Anyways, like, basically this boiled down to it almost being 2 a.m. He was going to be off work and he's too fucking lazy to take us to Colgate for whatever ah. the hell we were doing. It's just a scare tactic. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah. I'm not fucking doing anything wrong. Like, oh, I'm not allowed to stop at a stop sign for longer than 45 seconds. Is that what you're mad about? (laughs) So whenever I get to that, I have certain back roads that I take every single time. It's the same route. I know how long it takes. I know where I'm safe to get out and pee. I know where I'm safe to get out and gaze at the stars and look for a shooting one. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know how to get down in the creek bed and find the old freaking couch that someone dumped. Like, (laughs) I... We know our places. Yeah. So this has caused me to create a new route. I wound up in Coloma one night and I end up having to call my roommate at the time who is Native American, which I'm guaranteeing to you is the only reason we got out of this. Oh, no. I realize that I'm going towards Coloma. And then my passengers are like, we are almost in Coloma. And I was like, fuck this. I'm turning around. Yeah. So it's like a windy road going into like kind of the backside of Coloma. And I try to turn around and my truck gets stuck and I have a wheel up in the air. What? I have no idea. I have no fucking clue how it happened, like what the deal was. And I swear on everything. Like I swear to Buddha, there was a driveway for me to pull into to turn around. And all of a sudden I've dropped off the road. Oh my gosh. And I was like, okay, couldn't get out. There was nothing I could do about it. My passengers got in the truck and they hopped trying to get it to get traction, you know? Oh nothing. yeah. Hi, Andy, you were with me and you listen. <laughs> so <laughs> anyways, I call my roommate and luckily, thank fricking God, he worked nights at Ramjack. Yeah. And I call him and I'm like, dude, I fucking need you to come and get me. Like, I can't get undone. And so this is like a 15 minute drive and I'm having to try to freaking describe to him where I'm at and I'm in this shitty service spot like you do. So he comes, straps on, I, I get out of there with ease. It's no freaking problem. I'm like, okay, so we get out of there. Yeah. So that the disappearing driveway creeps me the fuck out. A Native American was able to come and save me. <laughs> so goody gumdrops. He is the brother to one of the guys that commented all the stories that was like, yeah, I'm never going back. Da 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 da. I've seen too much. Okay. So he's the brother of one of those guys. So um, anyways, the next time, me and my two roommates, we would go for drives on purpose. Okay. Because someone was following us. Ooh. And so we would drive and drive and drive and drive. And so one night we j- we were just doing it. We called it Crazy Sunday Red Dirt Fun Day Monday because it never just ended on Sunday. It would go on until Monday morning. Oh. And so and we were we were bartenders and the other one didn't have a job at the time. And so we didn't have to be at work till 1 a.m. or 1 p.m. the next day, you know. So we we're like, hell yeah, Sundays. And we'd listen to the Red Dirt Sunday night show on KYKC. And we'd listen to our Texas country and just drive around. It was a good time. Yeah. So we end up in Stewart. 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 (laughs) At this time, I had never heard of Stewart, Oklahoma in my fucking life. And I was like, we put like all uh, seriously. So it's like back road, back road, trees, hills, little blacktop road, and then boom, a school. And we were like, what the shit? Oh my goodness. (laughs) I was like, uh. So of course we get out and we take pictures with Stewart School because we're like, has anyone even heard of this fucking place? There's a (laughs) school here. We don't know where we are. Yeah. So it's getting on into the wee hours of the morning at this point. I'm talking maybe 1, 2 a.m. And I'm backtracking. I don't want to go to the highway. And I don't have, once again, enough service. It Your map on your iPhone will still work. But it won't necessarily tell you how to get out of a place. You have to follow it like like the atlas we had when we were kids. Oh, right. And your parents are like, <laughs> you know, what highway do we run on? And I'm like, I can't even fucking read my books. I don't know what you want me to do. Right. I'm looking at my map. And we backtrack and go through. I do not realize we are in Cullahoma. Ooh. I'm like... I am trying to find back roads, trying to find back roads. I'm running. I have like a quarter of a tank of gas. And I know that I'm a ways away from Ada because what the hell is a steward? <laughs> and I was like, okay. I was like, I'm just going to I'm just gonna take this road because this road connects to the highway. And I'm just going to have to take the freaking highway home and deal with it. You know, and I did not want to. I wanted a back road, but there we are. Yeah. I needed freaking gas and I don't need to get lost and I needed service and whatever. So before we get on the highway, we're like, let's stop and take a pee break. So I'm driving. I'm trying to find a good place 
to go. But like that guy said, it is a straight shot. There's nowhere to turn. I'm expecting a dirt road to come up to pull off this main road and go pee. Yeah. No, nothing happening. So I was like, well, I'll just freaking pull over to this non-shoulder and pee. Well, I've been on this road for a minute and all of a sudden there's a car behind me. Huh. And I'm like, oh, shit. And I think the same thing that guy did. I was like, it's the freaking police. And I'm going to have to explain what the hell we're doing out here at 2 o'clock in the morning. Peeing on the side of the road. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Exactly. So we're already out of the truck. But I, nobody was peeing yet. So I was like, zip it up. We, we always say we, we always say you've got a bogey. We've got a bogey. we got a bogey. If you're still in the truck and people are peeing, you toot your horn just a little bit yeah. to let them know we got a bogey. <laughs> Load up. We'll find another place. You know, cut it off. we got to go. <laughs> So anyways, I was like, we got a bogey and us two, us three girls, my other two girls, we were all sitting three across the seat in my truck. Thank you, Briar Branch Road. And nobody's going to get that. So (laughs) anyways, we're sitting three across the seat. We load back up and we start driving and it's getting closer and closer. I'm like, shit, 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 shit. And so... I pull up and I pull over to let it pass us because I was like, fuck this. I'm not going to the highway. I need to pee, you know, like point blank. So I pull over for it to pass us and nothing happens. What did it just like stop right behind you or something? Dis-a-fucking-peer. What? No. I turn around to look and there's no car there. There's nowhere for it to pull off. Exactly. I peed and... Jessica peed and I think Kayla peed too and we all get back in and I'm like I'm gonna go see what the hell is up with this car I turn around there is nowhere for it to turn off it would have had to backtrack the whole fucking way back but you didn't see tail lights right no nothing never no it was just there were headlights and they were getting closer and closer and closer so I pull over so it can pass us and about the time it was in my blind spot would have been passing us gone there was nothing there do you think maybe they could have just stopped and turned off their lights or something Oh, no, because I got out. I walked back. It w- it would have been close enough for me to just flick a rock. Oh, my God. I absolutely fucking gassed it down that road. I was like, I'm done. I'm out. I'm leaving. I feel so unwelcome. I literally felt chased out. That was like a nudge. Like, uh, ooh, I just got chills. I don't know. Ooh. <laughs> you were talking about that guy. I got chills. My hands got sweaty. I had to open the door. Oh my gosh. I felt like something, that feeling of something being behind you. Dread. Oh God. Yeah. And I, in all honesty, I wasn't even thinking about it being anything creepy. I never once in my life heard about these lights, heard about anything. All I knew is like Indian reservation, mind your business, get off of it. And it's not technically a reservation, but it's sacred ground. Yeah. And I don't have any business there. And I feel like I don't have business there. And if it's in your intuition, you probably don't have any fucking business there. Yeah. You know? For sure. But we were like, we were like, no, no more. We're done. Ooh, that, like, ooh, you gave me chills on that one. That one's, I used to ride along with a light horse officer and nothing, you know what I mean? It's like, go to all these places. Everything's cool. Coloma, I'm not going. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking going. Jeez. Yeah, that's really creepy. There's, I actually have one more, one more little story here. Oh, do it. That is from a anonymous person. Really, there's only one road here. So any road we talk about, like to Colahoma, there's a road to Colahoma and there's a road back. It's a straight shot. Like there are no other roads. So just FYI, this girl was on the same road that takes you literally right in front of Colahoma. She had an experience there in 1974. Think of that. So she says that she had a couple friends with her and they were driving down that road. And as they were driving down the road, they were driving back towards the highway and they saw these strange lights in the sky. And they were like almost like balls of light. And for for whatever reason they were not stationary lights they were like like following her car almost because you look up and you can see the lighting and you and she described it as they were moving along with her car but they were like 20 30 feet off the ground she says that they thought that maybe it was like a helicopter or something at the time until they get to a point right before they got back on the highway and she says there was a much bigger light that that light met up with and that light was stationary and it was just like hovering in the sky she says they seemed to be less than a quarter mile away we stopped the car and got out there was no sound like a helicopter would make and the lights never moved 
After about 15 minutes, we decided to leave because it made us really nervous. There were four of them in the car. They all saw the same thing. Like every one of them experienced this. They were just like, ah, we gotta go. There's something not right here. And they left. And <laughs> I don't think they ever, ever went back. So, I mean, it's really strange because these stories are not just limited to the Colahoma grounds, the floating lights and all that that people have actually seen on the grounds. It seems like these lights, because I mean, if you even think about it, headlights are technically floating lights. I don't know. It's just really creepy. Well, I mean, the Girl Scout murders that we talked about, they saw floating lights. I, I know. And that was, that's also Native American grounds. Yeah. What, what's up with that? Uh, we need someone who is like <laughs> highly Native American spiritual to like send us a message. Send us a message on our Facebook page and tell us what's up with floating lights. Like what, is there a story behind those? Is there some sort of spiritual connection to floating lights? What, what's up with that? Is it UFOs? <laughs> Are we just bad shit crazy? <laughs> Do you only see them? See, that's how you, maybe that's how you know. That's how they can differentiate when we're, when we're white people, if we see them. They don't see them, but we see them. Ooh. It's like dogs and a dog whistle. That's a really nice theory, actually. If you, if you see them. <laughs> You're white as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a lot of strange places and... Like, that's not even half of it in Oklahoma, really. I hope that uh, that you guys liked our supernatural stories here. This is just like a little bonus episode. We're probably not going to do them very often. But if you like them, if you liked this episode, we might do it more often than we would. All you have to do is find us on Facebook or you can find us on Twitter or you can find us on Instagram. It's Intuitions Investigations True Crime. <laughs> you just went full squirrely, Dan. You said Intuitions Investigations. Did I? Intuition yes. Investigations. What? I did, didn't I? You did. <laughs> oh, I got time for sashimis. <laughs> I did. I've been watching too much Letterkenny. <laughs> Watch our Facebooks. <laughs> I'm sorry. Intuition, <laughs> investigations, true crime. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this special supernatural episode, Holly's Hauntings. Catch more next time on the Sirens Podcast. Do we have an outro? That's our outro, isn't it?